0: Hello, Stackers, and welcome back to another Creation Corner episode, as Thane and I are going to talk about Cities Part 2. Mm. And we're going to dive into what we talked about in the last episode, where we're going to take a map and basically build it from nothing up into a town, maybe a city. We'll see how far we actually yeah, get we'll to see go. see,
1: and see if the town actually survives. We could, by all means, just destroy it.
0: Hey, that's part of the fun. Mm-hmm. As I said in the last episode on Monday, this is the last Creation Corner episode that we're going to do next Monday. We should be able to have the final episode of the season, of season two, out, finished, and ready to go. And then we're going to take a break again, probably till October, and then pick up with our story then. As a bit of a refresher, in high school As I would sit in class and be bored by what was going on.
1: Mm, I agree. (laughs) Or relate. I
0: would pull out a piece of paper and then just start drawing some landscape. Uh, Maybe some woods, a little bit of water, maybe a lake or something. And then I would just start thinking, who would live here? Who would build something here and why? And so I would start drawing little buildings and then just imagine over time that more and more people would settle in an area. As more amenities become available, it becomes more tempting to set up a place to live and that sort of thing. And so we're going to do that now. We're going to walk through the process here. We're going to narrate it as we go. And I may have to color code things later to make it easier to find what we're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to kick it off. And in the last episode, we talked about a river flowing by and somebody setting up at a ford. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it was an in that we said. Yes. All right, so let's go ahead and draw our river. How do you want it to run, Thane? Corner to corner, straight across the page.
1: How about corner to corner?
0: All right, a little visual interest. So we're going to have our river flowing down, and it's going to get wider where the ford is because that's how rivers work. A wider river is a slower river, and slower is shallower. And it still could be pretty fast, but slower.
1: Yeah, than other parts of the river.
0: Okay, so we have our river running across the paper corner to corner. And where on this do you want to put our ford?
1: Mm, Right smack dab in the middle. Right smack
0: dab in the middle.
1: I think that's a good place to start. So I'm
0: going to put some thin dotted lines going across to represent our ford. All right, and on which side of the river would our inn be set up?
1: How about this side? Okay. So why why set up an inn by a ford? Well, um, fords can be pretty tiring to cross. And uh, you make it across and you might just want to rest. And there's no telling what's, what's out here at night. And so uh, if you could just park your stuff and then sleep in an actual building, uh, that would be pretty nice.
0: Another reason for building by a ford is because... That may be one of the few places in, a, in our whole area to cross a river.
1: Yeah. So
0: what you're doing is you're drawing on the natural funnel that is set up. And so uh, by building where people are forced to cross, you're immediately benefiting from the fact that people have to come this way. Exactly. So what should our inn look like from above? Hmm. First of all, let's, let's make a little road here. Yeah. Because the ground would be worn over time by lots of people coming this way. So we've got our road coming across the ford. Does this ford have a name? Mm. Or would it it wait to have a name until the inn has been established?
1: I feel like it would. The travelers would have uh, given it some sort of unofficial name. Uh, Well, let's come up with
0: a name for the river.
1: Okay. So
0: in England, you have Cambridge. Uh, it's called that because there was a bridge over the Cam, yeah, oh. or Oxford, where the oxen were forded across the river. Really, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, a lot of times, places with the name "ford" in it, like Frankfurt, Germany, it's where the Franks would ford across the river. Oh. Or there's also a Schweinfurt, okay, in Germany. That's where they would herd pigs across the river. Gotcha. At the swine ford.
1: That makes sense.
0: So, I mean, you could really play around with things that happen there. What is the ford used for? Or you could base it on the name of the river.
1: <sighs> mm. Not coming up with a good river name. How about you, Dad?
0: How about the Birkin River?
1: The Birkin River.
0: Yeah. So I'll write Birkin in the river.
1: I was Birkin in the river.
0: Okay. And this could be called Birkford. Okay. Uh, or the Birkin Ford.
1: Okay. All right. The Birkin Ford, and then you know the town that eventually springs up from this may just be shortened to Birkford, for yeah, who ease, knows ease of reference.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that point. All right. So we have the Birkin River, and somebody you get to come up with this name. Oh,
1: <laughs> it
0: really doesn't matter. Okay. Because it'll all work out.
1: William Stratton.
0: Okay. William Stratton is traveling through here one day. And maybe he stops on the other side of the Birkin River. What's special about this area here that makes him want to stop? Is it well, it's, shaded?:
1: It's a uh, you know, a, a high enough off of the river to okay. avoid flooding uh, when the rainy season comes, and it's also nice and flat. Um, the soil's kind of kind of firm, which is good for building.
0: Okay, so usually fords are at low-lying areas, which makes sense.. Mm-hmm. But we can say that the land slopes up pretty quickly from there. Yeah. So I'm going to draw some elevation lines. And let's say that there is a small stand of trees. Squiggle in some trees there. And so he and his family stop, and they take a moment. They pull the wagon to the side of the road and just sit there and eat um, some food.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they've they've uh, been on this road uh, because... William Stratton's business venture in the nearby city didn't exactly work out and so they're just on their way to the next city over to try and start fresh and then he got to he got to the side of the ford where there's absolutely nothing he looked over and he just saw this this you know little spot of land he's like that's it i got it okay this is it
0: and so it's elevated land yeah, it's obviously going to be safe from flooding. Mm-hmm. Is there a forest nearby?
1: Um, so, first of all, I do want to try and establish uh, cardinal directions yeah. on this map. Okay. Uh, so, should probably draw a compass on somewhere.
0: Which way is north? Toward you? Toward me?
1: How about that way? So, that way, um, the lettering is kind of upright.
0: Okay. So, we'll, we'll put our compass rows down here in the corner. Very roughly drawn for now. I may spice it up a little bit later. All right. So they're on the south side of the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it also elevated on the other side? Yes. Okay. Tell you what, why don't we make the elevation a little bit further down? So to the west. Okay. Because again, fords tend to be in low lying places.
1: Mm-hmm. It makes sense.
0: All right. So we have a little bit of elevation light lines there and maybe the South side of the river is a little steeper. And then we just assume that it keeps the the elevation down the length of the river. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here he is perched on the slight embankment of the Birkin River. And as he's eating, he begins thinking how nice it would be to build a house here, to Mm -hmm. always be here by the river. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the flow of the river, the sound of the water tumbling down. Yeah. But for whatever reason... They fall in love with the place. Maybe he goes on to wherever he was headed, but then he keeps thinking, boy, I really want to go back. Yeah. And let's say that uh, maybe while they're sitting there eating, they see a pretty steady flow of traffic, people coming through. And so that gets wheels turning in his head. Boy, we really could benefit from setting up something here. Yep. Okay. We were talking about forests. Mm-hmm. Where would those be, if anywhere?
1: How about on like the east side of... And you're of the south. Yeah, so kind of over there. Okay. How close to the river? Um,
0: Set back away? Yeah, I guess. Maybe we'll have it start out, set back away, and it comes down close to the river.
1: Yeah, kind of makes sense. And
0: then it starts to fade back away. Yeah. So plenty of timber here to draw from. All right. Got a nice little forest going there. Any on the other side. Maybe we'll have a little, little bit. Yeah. Got this narrow part of the river.
1: Seed carries over by the wind and other stuff. (laughs) Because I'm totally professional. (laughs) And I know how nature works.
0: (laughs) All right. So we'll do something like that.
1: All right. So we have
0: where the river narrows and it gets really fast there. So we'll we'll draw some little rapids lines. But then as it surges through that little chasm, it slows back down and then turns into the more gentle... River all right, so they're they're looking out across this prospect. You got nice open plains to the north, fairly open plains to the south to the east. you have forest to the west, who knows
1: some hills, maybe
0: some hills, okay, so let's uh we'll draw some little hill symbols. Right. It gets a little hilly, but we're not going to make a big deal out of that at the moment, okay, so they really like what they see. And then they decide to build an inn here because people are here. It's a natural forcing point, and they can benefit from everybody coming through here. So great. All right. So uh, they decide to build an inn. hmm And let's do this. They want a lot of the building to front along the river and along the road. Makes sense. So William is one of those guys that likes to go big or go home. So he's got a sizable...
1: That's kind of what actually uh, caused him trouble with the last city, Mm. with his business venture. Okay. He went too far in and uh, kind of fell flat. Okay. But out here,
0: he can build on his own timeline using materials that he and his family harvest. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, not a huge ordeal. little stable back here for keeping guests' horses in, and maybe even... A little garden plot. What do you think? I like it. Okay, so I threw some little garden lines into the... I guess it could be like an herb garden or something. Just stuff that they grow in their little homestead in order to keep fresh stuff on hand. All right, and then they build a little road to come off. What, What do they call their inn? Hmm... The first thing that came to mind for me was the Stratton Arms. Yeah,
1: or I was—I was, I was going to do with Stratton Inn, or or something with the name Stratton in it. Okay, that just sounds right. It does.
0: It does. So we're gonna—I'm going to color code this house. I don't know what, maybe mm. like a brownish yellow or something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that way, as you look at the map, you'll know the first building in our little growing town is the Stratton Inn. Inn has two N's. It does. <laughs> Okay, Uh, so over time, as they build and the the inn comes together, how many rooms would you say it has?
1: Uh, Maybe, you know, six or so, starting off, anyway.
0: All right, so a six-room inn and a... a,
1: Actually, it looks pretty large, so I'd go with eight,
0: actually. All right, it's an eight-room inn, and it's got a a good restaurant, a good public house part to it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so over time, people begin to really gravitate this way. And, uh, oh, we, we were talking in the last episode about maybe William Stratton isn't able to do everything he needs to. Mm-hmm. And so he calls on a carpenter or somebody to come in and help with the building.
1: An old family friend.
0: Okay. Who might that be?
1: Bruce. That's it. <laughs> His name is Bruce.
0: <laughs> All right. Bruce down in the corner.
1: He's a quiet type. He, that's the only name he gave to Stratton. He was like, name's Bruce. Okay, and that's it. <laughs>
0: All right, so old Bruce, maybe he sets up closer to the forest. Yes. All right, so he comes out along here and then builds a little encampment. Really, he would need. I would say probably his first inclination would be to build a personal shelter, which makes sense.
1: Yeah, he's got a little cabin for himself. So he's
0: got his little cabin, and then his workyard where he sets up a lumber mill, and it's not water-powered at this point. He just needs to get in and get stuff prepared. Mm-hmm. And so at first it's a maybe a saw pit okay, and some other things. Uh, so basically lumber operations begin, and then with that, of course, the forest begins to recede. So I'm going to scale back the limits of the forest.
1: It will strike back again, I promise. Mm-hmm.
0: And they start hauling out large logs and cutting it down into timber that is then used to build the Stratton Inn. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we have an inn. We have a, a resting place, but we also have a little bit of industry. Is there anything special about the wood here? Is it particularly hardwood or just really yeah. pretty, or is it just standard wood?
1: I'd say, I'd say it's a nice hardwood that'll definitely build some sturdy structures. Okay. Now, as I'm thinking, you know, Bruce sets up shop here. And what he's going to need is he's going to need some tools. Hmm. And so we might need to call upon a toolsmith to come on out here. So uh, William Stratton gets on Craig's list and uh, finds one.
0: (laughs) All right. So let's say that the tool maker comes and sets up next to the saw pit.
1: And in terms of food, you know, they're just provided for by the inn.
0: Yeah. I would say at this point William Stratton has developed some sort of supply chain mm-hmm. with the nearby cities. He's got enough money coming in that he's able to import food to keep the inn running.
1: You can find like, you know, good ish bits of iron on like river chores or stuff, right? Or am I just completely making up that in my head?
0: Well, presumably, like the inn, the toolmaker would have contacts and he's not actually mining. Yeah. He's making. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't know square one about nature.
0: <laughs> uh does the toolmaker have a name?
1: No. <laughs> how about Not from birth. <laughs>
0: how about Jan?
1: Jan? Okay.
0: Jan the toolmaker.
1: Jan the toolmaker.
0: So, I'll put a 3 next to Jan's hut, a 2 next to Bruce's hut, cabin. All right, and we got
1: the Stratton in
0: And the Stratton in. All right, so things are starting to shape up. Maybe the toolmaker decides after a short time, you know what, I don't want to live in my forge. I don't want to be sleeping where the fire is roaring all the time. Yeah. So he's going to go ahead and build a house next to his tool shop. And they're also going to dig a little well over here so that they're not having to go down to the river because the embankment gets pretty steep. Yeah. And they just need ready access to water. So they dig a little well across the road, the little trail that is turning into a road. And that makes it easier for everyone. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: And then they get their first settler, the, um, I'm trying to think of a nice family name.
0: Well, let's say that it's a genial lady named Elaine, and we can spell it A-L-A-I-N-E.
1: Okay. And I was thinking, like, some small family came and set up there. So I'm trying to think of some kind of last name, but I am not. The Bakers.
0: Okay, so Elaine Baker and the rest of her family mm-hmm. settle on a corner, and I'll put a four next to them, where the wood trail leads out to Bruce and to Jan, but she sets up a house on the corner. Maybe they're... Maybe This is before last names are a thing, but she is a baker. Oh, okay. And so uh, pretty soon the inn is able to draw on freshly made bread instead of having to bring it in. Yeah. And that's a huge draw for people. Oh man, yeah. So between the fresh smell of bread baking at the corner and the hot food at the inn, this is really becoming a go-to place.
1: And of course, it's starting to get a bit expensive and also uh, inconvenient to try and have to source your flower from one mm. of the big cities because then you're you're either having to send one of your own people out there to, to get it or you're having to wait for it to, to be delivered to you, which is expensive and takes a long time. All right, so, so let's
0: say that past the well, finally an enterprising family comes and they set up a little further down the river or upriver, closer to the rapids, but they set up a mill, a water mill. Okay. And so they have the mill trace That reaches out into the river, and the mill actually hangs out over the river just a little bit. But the mill race provides a small channel for the mill wheel, and as the water funnels into that, it speeds up again, just like it does at the narrow part of the river, and that causes the wheel to rotate. So now we have fresh ground flour. Maybe they're needing to bring in grain at this point to make it possible to mill the flour. All right, so we have the millers. Of course. Uh-huh. And they are producing flour now. The flour helps to drive the baker. The baker helps to drive the inn. Mm-hmm. And then maybe out here in the plains, people are starting to settle because it's plain land. It's near water, and mm-hmm. so it's pretty rich soil. And they start farming. And so we've got kind of a combination of the mill setting up, and that's helping to incentivize people to build to start farming grain in the region. So we're going to have some little roads coming off of the main road that lead to little farms, farmhouses. And we're going to have grain fields starting to appear. I'll do diagonal lines for that. And I'll draw some more farms a little bit later. But we're starting to see people drawn to this area because of its growth. And maybe by this point, the lord of the region is starting to see that people are settling here, and he's not about to be left out of (laughs) profits. Yeah, of course. So the first thing that he demands is that the people that are settling here incorporate and come up with a name for themselves. And the name that is in my mind at first is Stratton on Birkin. Because William Stratton is a little bit older now, let's say about 10 years older, He's yeah. become the genial face of the town. Yeah, he, He's one of those people who always bounces back from adversity. Yep. And he has made good. People are really starting to see him as the leader of this little community, especially yeah. since he was the first one here.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's you know, got roots here now, and, uh, and he's also kind of proven himself. He's already unofficially their leader in any kind of disputes and whatnot. Yeah, people who live here always kind of just naturally turn to him to settle issues, figure out what what to do when you know hard times come, all that jazz, and so.
0: And maybe the inn is becoming something of a almost like an informal court.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, where he presides over disputes and that sort of thing,
1: basically. You know, um, I think at some point soon, he's going to want to move it out to some other building so that way he can still run business in his inn and you know, not have to also preside over debates and whatnot there. Or maybe he'll want to keep it in his inn. I don't know. Could just be one of the interesting traditions of Stratton on Birkin.
0: I can just see him of an evening sitting in the common room. In a special chair.
1: Yeah, it's 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 actually just the same as every as every other chair, but it's it like everyone knows that's at Williams the, chair. That's Stratton's chair.
0: Okay, all right. So uh, we've we've got a nice little thing going here, and maybe a couple more people move in, and it's still a small town. It's still not very oh, yeah. large.
1: I'd say we're only just now starting to kind of hit a hundred or so people, if even maybe, even maybe even just fifty. I don't know. I'm bad at this.
0: Someone comes past the inn and decides to build a house out here. But the town is now needing to pay periodic fees to the local lord. Yeah. And so now there's more incentive for them to attract people to live here. Because the more people there are, the easier it'll be to pay uh, the lord. Yeah. And his land fees. So we'll make a couple of houses along here. And in fact, they take some time to improve the road. Mm-hmm. So now instead of being a dirt road, it is a paved road. It's got paving stones that they imported at great cost, but they really want to make this place look nice. And in fact, I will even include Wood Road or Bruce Road. (laughs) What do you want to call it?
1: I think Bruce Road is a a fantastic name for it. I think by now Bruce has actually gone on. Okay. Okay. He, in, he, was, he was a he, yeah yeah he's da- he's dead. <laughs> he was a he was a very old family friend, Okay. a bit of a, a father figure to William. The Strattons, yeah, and so he's he's already reached that time, and in his stead, because uh, he he did bring his family out with him, uh, and so his son is now running the business, and okay. he's just like his father,
0: <laughs> also named Bruce.
1: Uh yeah, Bruce the second, and he is also very quiet. Um, we will not use two words if one suffices.
0: Good. And we will have Mill Road out here. Yeah. Coming off of Bruce Road. I'll write that. It may be a little cramped. I'm going to try and make it legible. Uh, and then we have Stratton Road. And the paving continues for some way. I'm doing more solid, evenly spaced lines instead of the wavy, lighter lines that I had for the original road. And then... They decide, you know what? We're tired of splashing through the water.
1: Yeah, it's high time to get a bridge.
0: Yeah, so it's time to build a bridge. And maybe they start off with a wooden bridge. Yep. But over time, I mean, that's not going to last terribly long, especially. Not, yeah,
1: not a super long time. Yeah. But we'll get there when we get there.
0: And so now, over time, they they build a stone bridge. It's got pilings and arches.
1: <laughs> and maybe they actually like went a little bit overboard getting this bridge put together. Like, they saved up to get uh, artisans and experts from the ne- neighboring cities so that way they could get a really, really nice bridge. And it's actually kind of the uh, the pride of, of Stratton-on-Birken. It's, uh, it's got all kinds of carvings and stuff on it. Maybe it even kind of records the basic, the first...
0: The founding families. The
1: founding families yeah. and, and the the first couple of events that... Kicked up the town and all that jazz. So it's kind of a, it's a memorial and it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, um,
0: it's functional, but it's also meaningful.
1: It's a work of art.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So we have the road, the paved road. We have the bridge. We have established roads and housing. More farms appearing, starting to appear along the river on the north side. And I'll just write farms.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Insert agriculture here.
0: Uh, maybe. It's a toll bridge. So as people come through, there's a very small toll that's levied. So that means we need to have a toll booth. And you only need one because people are going to pass either way. Uh, Is there any good to river navigation? Now that you're past the, the rapids, the falls, maybe it just smooths out.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And
0: so maybe someone can set up, I don't know that fishing would be it.
1: Yeah, I don't really think much fishing happens in rivers. Yeah,
0: it, it does, fly it does. fishing, but yeah, we're, we're going to leave river stuff alone
1: for yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but we do have a mill, we have a lumber yard, we have a tool maker, we have a baker, we have an inn, we have farms, we have a bridge.
1: Everything's looking pretty nice.
0: Everything's looking great.
1: Until Don Fimbleton arrives.
0: Oh, Don Fimbleton.
1: Everything was nice and quiet and simple, and then Fimbleton showed up.
0: And who is Don Fimbleton?
1: Don Fimbleton is, uh, well, he was just out in the hills. You know, he, he came out here, saw the hills, and just decided to go and poke around. <sighs> and then he found gold.
0: Uh oh. That's not good.
1: I mean, it's good. It's good, but it's not good.
0: <laughs> All right, so Don Fimbleton is down in the. In the western hills. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about his character?
1: So, he's is a very... He
0: eccentric? Yeah,
1: he's a, he's a very shrewd man. Okay. He does what it takes to, to get ahead, <clears throat> to get ahead, and uh, he is just a very, he's a very shrewd, calculating, very cerebral guy. Doesn't focus much on any kind of, like, emotional impact, just purely what can I get from this? Can I make a profit, essentially?
0: Okay. So he strikes out beyond the established town limits, and it's not far, maybe a half mile mm-hmm. to a mile, but he gets out there and realizes there's gold in them Nahr hills. Yeah. <laughs> and he quietly stakes a claim.
1: Oh, yeah, very quietly. Like, he, he pops up in town one day, uh, talks to William for a bit, goes, oh, yeah, I'm just passing through. And then the next morning he comes through talks to william as he stays you know one night in the Stratton inn and says oh yeah i'm i'm just a just passing through uh, on my way to visit relatives and then the next morning he pays his tab and just disappears and how does
0: he pay with gold
1: um that, that if he's shrewd he's probably not probably not no just, okay he just pays like you know any, any other normal customer And then he just vanishes. Nobody sees him, goes down the main road to the next city. Nobody really knows where exactly he went. But we know he went to the hills. And there he finds gold.
0: All right. And in the way that these things happen, somehow, whether it's the birds talking or something, people find out. Oh, yeah. And they begin streaming into this town.
1: One of the couple of the kids who were Hmm. just playing around, they were exploring, go up onto one of the hills, and they actually see his camp, and they go back, and they're like, <laughs> Mom, Dad, there's a there's a man out in the hills. And so then Gossip kind of gets around, and then a couple people go check it out, and they they also find gold, much to Fimbleton's uh, chagrin. But yeah,
0: and because people start murmuring about gold, all of a sudden, people start rolling into town.
1: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. At first, uh, when uh, Stratton you know, first hears about all this, uh he he wants to kinda of keep it on the down low because uh primarily he just doesn't want a rush of people to come through. But and then, he can
0: only contain it for so yeah, long. He can only
1: contain it. and also uh the gold would definitely help the town a whole bunch. But of course, um he can't keep everyone in check and so very quickly rumor gets out and a whole just you know, all kinds of people, fortune seekers, just come flooding in Trying to get their hands on some of this gold before it runs out.
0: Yeah, and so what pops up almost overnight is a shanty town. Oh yeah, people just
1: throwing together
0: some form of roof over their head, and that's all it is. It's just a roof, and they're <laughs> they're off during the day doing all the work, maybe even posting people at night to make sure people aren't jumping their claim, that yeah. kind of thing. So you've got a very tense and almost lawless section It's a
1: very rough and tumble thing, and the people of the town very much do not like it uh, because you have, like I said, lots of fortune seekers and occasionally a couple of ruthless guys who come through who are very dead set on getting their gold, and so I think fairly soon it's time to request some law enforcement. Okay, good. So
0: let's say that the lord, getting wind of this, as lords do. Yep. Sends a garrison of soldiers. Because now that a precious metal has been found, he's going to be very careful yeah. to make sure that law and order are enforced and that he gets his cut. And so uh, a couple things happen here. A barracks is established. I'm going to make that number seven. And simultaneously, so while the garrison is out during the day enforcing things in the shanty Keeping town, Keeping order. the people have also started... Digging a a ditch between them and the shanty town.
1: Yep. Trying to basically get the separation. They are their own thing. We are not uh, affiliated with them.
0: (laughs) And also trying to keep the riffraff out.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: Um, Because they don't want that spilling back into town. It's bad enough that these people come to town whenever they have found gold and they're just ready to cause trouble in town. Yep. Uh, But they... They cut a ditch that runs from the river and goes under this road and trails off a little way down. But they pile the dirt up on their side,
1: <laughs>
0: on the town side of the river, to make an embankment, like a, a, an earthen wall. Hopefully this will be something you can make out
1: <laughs> Hopefully, in the
0: final. And I'll, I'll be cleaning this up. So now they have a rudimentary form of protection. But that's not where the real trouble comes from. No. Because guess what? What? Bandits also hear about this.
1: Oh, yeah. And then also, uh, I don't think Fimbleton's very happy about being isolated from the town. I want Fimbleton to be kind of kind of a bit of an antagonist to the town. He's okay. He's, he's going to cause some more trouble.
0: Okay. Maybe he allies with the bandits. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. The bandits uh, come through and he... It promises them gold in in exchange for them helping him with whatever he Clearing needs. Clearing
0: out the shanty town.
1: Clearing out the shanty town.
0: Unfortunately, to do that, the bandits come through Stratton on Birkin, mm. and they are not scrupulous about keeping their hands to themselves there. So things go missing. Uh, they cause problems in town, and maybe even overwhelm the garrison. Maybe it was only like ten soldiers or something.
1: Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't expect a whole bunch to be sent over because you know this is a small town while gold miners can be a little rowdy just just a couple of soldiers are needed just to keep them in check yeah so
0: after some time of living like this the people of stratton on birkin first of all i'm sure the lord would send more soldiers
1: yeah now there's like 15 or so
0: so now we have a larger soldier presence
1: which the town is also not entirely happy about. Like, sure, the soldiers are good that they keep the law, but it's, it's just kind of annoying to have a more solid, definite foothold of the Lord in their town. Mm-hmm.
0: It almost feels like they're losing control of their own
1: Yeah. Town. Stratton is less, uh, William is less and less getting to be the uh, mediator that he has been for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a soldier. He's losing his status. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's definitely still respected and honored among the, the residents of stratton on Birkin, But he's not able to settle disputes because usually the soldiers get there before he does.
0: So the, uh, the forest continues to push back as more trees are felled to make a palisade wall. Mm. And so I'm going to draw the line of the wall And I'll come back and add stuff to it. But basically, on the east and south side of town, there is now a low embankment with a palisade wall atop it to provide protection from the roving bandit gangs. Yep. And then they even build a gate to get into town, so they're controlling access. And in fact, the soldiers add a palisade around their compound.
1: That sounds smart.
0: To provide a... An additional place of security, so they have a, a gated entrance into their compound. And then eventually they put palisade walls atop the earthen rampart by the ditch that was originally dug to keep the shanty town people out. So now the city, the, the town of Stratton on Birken is completely surrounded by Palisade Wall, and more people have come in and settled through all this. More little back roads going. To allow yeah. room for people to settle back here.
1: And we have one road that kind of runs along the wall, so I think it's. Yeah. I think it's good to call it Wall Street. <laughs> Perfect. So that runs the interior
0: of the Palisade Wall. Little guard post just inside the gate. Houses. So our, our town is growing considerably, and if, if we wanted to extend this exercise, we could, but we're going to probably be cutting it off before too long here
1: yeah the climax is about to be reached we're
0: trying to give a flavor of how to do this but what's neat about this is as we've gone as you've seen from the beginning we started with a building we're telling a story Mm -hmm. and as we're telling it more the town is growing more and more
1: and all these people and and names and stuff we've just kind of been coming up with on the fly
0: yeah yeah you said a climax what what is that
1: Fimbleton is not yet done.
0: Uh oh. What is Fimbleton going to do next? Well, he
1: has a whole bunch of, band, uh, whole bunch of outlaws under his sway now uh, who have, on the sly, kind of driven out all of the other gold miners. You know, the soldiers and the people uh, don't exactly notice this because to them, you know, there's, there's one, one ruffian is the same as, as another. And so if uh, some ruffians are replaced by other ones, they don't really much. Notice that it's just, oh, uh, we've got... And maybe some
0: of the miners have fallen in with the bandits.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, because I would like some of Fimbleton's gold, so yeah. I'll you know, join up. So, Fimbleton here is kind of like a very small bandit chief right now. he's okay. He's got a decent amount of guys under his control. Definitely outnumbering the guards in Stratton on Birkin and uh they've all got you know pickaxes and shovels and all kinds of nasty stuff not not exactly weapons but can be used as such and so fairly quickly Fimbleton being the smart guy he is uh soon realizes that we have the manpower and the ability to push the town around basically
0: and i would think that their desire to do that would increase as they see the palisade wall going up
1: oh yeah yeah they're trying like, to push us out no yeah. you can't you can't you can't push us out
0: that and if it goes up it'll be even harder to take it
1: yep first thing one year the uh the captain of of the guard at uh straten on gets changed out for one with a little less resolve and he actually finds a way to bribe him, so that way the the guards kind of stay off of his men, and exploiting this weakness, gruffians will now come in every now and again and kind of push people around uh, they uh start collecting a, a tax of sorts from from the townsfolk and it's just kind of terrible now um yeah, pretty crummy yeah people are is William still around
0: or has he died
1: he is Pretty old now. Okay. Uh, he doesn't do much. He just kind of hangs out in, in the inn now. Uh, still kind of runs some things, but for the most part, he's just... A figurehead. He's a figurehead, and he's uh, part of like, the elders now, This is the older folks. Bruce II is uh, probably in his 50s now. No, well, I'd say he's in his 60s. Uh, Jan has gotten old. He was, he was a bit younger uh, when he came in. And so the three of them are kind of the elders of the town. And they are definitely not happy to see what Stratton on Birkin has come to. Yeah.
0: And so I think maybe we can just leave off there.
1: No. Okay. Because we
0: have built some compelling stuff that could very easily be turned into world lore. Could very easily be uh, turned into story hooks for Mm -hmm. players to start taking part in. You obviously have something burning that you want to share. So let's make this the epilogue. Okay. And then uh, we'll close out this episode.
1: So I was planning on there to be some kind of climactic battle between the residents of stratton on and and Fimbleton's goons. Uh-huh. They start by waiting until all the goons are out, and then they just close and lock up all the doors. And of course, Fimbleton's not happy to hear about this. And so he actually brings some guys to try and break down the doors, and very quickly a battle ensues. Where um, Fimbleton's goons are trying to get back into the town to push the people around, and they're like, "No, we're not having it." And so, there's a climactic battle where they start off by you know trading shots from the palisade walls, and then they eventually manage to break through the gate. And so, fighting spills out into the streets, and it's it's not a super not a super long, super dramatic battle because it's townsfolk against a couple of outlaws, but it's a pretty exciting event that happens. Yeah. And it's a uh, of course the townsfolk managed to drive out the goons. They capture uh, Fimbleton, they get the captain of the guard um, fired or whatever, court-martialed for uh, accepting bribery, and um, overall it's it's a pretty uh, happy ending.
0: Okay, good. And
1: it adds to the, the pride of the town. You know, we held our own against bandits, even even when the authorities wouldn't.
0: The Battle of the
1: Birkin. Yeah, the Battle of Birkin.
0: Very good. And the benefit here, as we've talked about, and as you've seen through this development process first of all by building your towns in this way organically you build a history as you go now obviously it takes time you can't do that with everything in your world i'm sure unless you just have oodles of time (laughs) but the benefit is you're building history into your creation as you go and that's really neat Mm -hmm. the additional benefit is by doing it this way you're adding story elements that players can immediately snap into yeah what if they happen to be in town staying at the inn while, while the battle is brewing. Suddenly, yeah. they you have a low-level adventure ready, maybe even a yeah, mid-level.
1: Maybe the adventurers actually convince the townspeople to finally stand up to the goons, which leads to the final confrontation. Yeah, who
0: knows? There are all sorts of things that you can do to work this into your storytelling as dungeon masters, or to look forward to as players. If it's obvious that your dungeon master has put work into building the history of a town... There's nothing the DM wants more than for you to start asking questions about, hey, what's the history here? What's going on? Why are people like this? Mm -hmm. That's the DM's chance to shine. And he's really going to appreciate being able to showcase the work put into making it. So like I said at the beginning, this is our last Creation Corner episode for Season 2. Stay tuned next week for Season two's finale of our actual play episodes. If you have any questions or comments or anything you want to share with us on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice or by email at stack.odice at gmail.com, we sure would love to hear from you. Please do share your thoughts about this process. We'll also provide a link to the map after I have a chance to clean it up. We'd love to know what you think. Was this a valuable process for you? Was it helpful? Was it fun? And more important, does it help improve your understanding and ability of how to play the game. We'd love to hear from you. And so we thank you for joining us for another episode. And we look forward to having you at our table again next time, right here at Stack of Dice. And so we look forward to being at you, be,
1: being at you.
0: <laughs> Watch out or I will be at you. <laughs>